0: If you're looking for a podcast to give you tips on the most efficient way to rake up the leaves in your yard,
1: people rake their leaves.
0: I know. Weird, isn't it? Ha
1: ha ha
0: ha! Yeah, we don't do that. Uh, I let the wind blow them into the neighbor's yard. But this is not that podcast. No. This is, however, comedy,
1: tragedy, marriage.
0: marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a married couple takes turns each week selecting a movie, TV show, or documentary to watch. We watch it together, then we sit down and discuss it and share that conversation with you. Not nearly as exciting as it sounds. I am Stan the Movie Man, and when I, there's something in a the theater I want to see, I review films at standthemovieman.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Stand. You can follow the podcast at CTMarriage. You can get in touch with us via email, ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com. And you can leave us a voice message simply by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Joining me, as always, is the kindest, most wonderful person I know.
1: Oh gosh, you really need to, to like get out more. I'm not going to argue with you uh my other half Maud the Skippy broad oh
0: my goodness ah welcome not on the nose the, uh, yeah, not exactly no. uh welcome to our 147th episode <laughs> the first episode of season 4 oh wow and this is it was my choice this week and i chose to sort of reach back in time uh, like eighty-eight years to the um, the first in the series of some comedic, romantic, thriller, detective movies, and it is based on a book by Dashiell Hammett, and that book is The Thin Man, and the movie version of that book stars William Powell, Myrna Loy. Marino O'Sullivan, Nat Pendleton, uh, and Skippy the dog. Plays
1: uh, a character named Asta.
0: Asta, that's correct. Uh, Nick uh, Charles, played by William Powell, is a former detective when we meet him. He is uh, living the high society life thanks to the money uh, of his wife, Nora Charles, played by Myrna Loy. Uh, They married and live out in California, but they're just in New York for some undetermined reason, perhaps for the approaching holidays or whatever.
1: Various frolics and parties and whatnot.
0: And they enjoy drinking a lot especially Nick.
1: There's a yes, there's a lot of cocktails and and um fancy glasses. And
0: Nick, you know, plays he's always a little tipsy. Uh and while Nora also enjoys drinking, she doesn't imbibe to the excess that Nick does. Actually, uh they show Nora waking up one day with a hangover.
1: Yeah, that seems funny.
0: But Uh, Nick is a former private detective But when he married Nora He decided to let that go
1: Because she was rich and he didn't have to work anymore Exactly
0: Which is exactly what would have happened to me If you had been rich I'm Um, sorry Well, you know, we do what we can I know They are uh, approached by um, Dorothy Winant Who is played by Maureen O'Sullivan Uh, She is the daughter of Of a uh, scientist and inventor Named Clyde Wynett uh, Played by Edward Ellis Uh, He has gone missing And he's been gone for three months But he said he would be back before Christmas So that he could participate In his daughter's wedding Walking her down the aisle Mm -hmm. Um, Now um, Clyde and... Uh, Dorothy's mother, uh, Mimi Winet Jorgensen. They are divorced. Uh, Mimi is played by Mina Gamble, or Gamble, or Gumble. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce that. Yeah. Anyway, sh- uh, she's constantly hitting um, Clyde up for money. Um, so when Clyde goes missing, she's eager to find him. Because uh, she she's constantly in need of money and is married to a gigolo played by a very young Cesar Romero. Yes,
1: a a handsome Lothario gadabout.
0: Yes, um, and who does not work? No. And while Nick is no longer a detective, he keeps getting drawn into the the investigation that is being uh, led by Lieutenant John Guild, played by Nat Pendleton. Now, when um, uh, Clyde's girlfriend is found dead in her apartment, everybody thinks Clyde did it, because some evidence has been planted for Mm -hmm. people to, to assume that Clyde did it. So the police are starting this search, figuring that Clyde has just run away uh, there are a couple of more murders over the course of the film. And that is when uh, Nick decides that he is definitely going to become involved in this mystery and solve it. Because he's the only one that can. Of course. He's also a, uh, an old friend of Clyde's from back in the day.
1: Yeah, I couldn't help but noticing as we watched this that um, Clyde the scientist had a definite type. Because the ex wife and the um girlfriend slash secretary slash embezzler mm-hmm. um were both um bleached platinum blondes with finger waves mm-hmm. now this if you don't know what a finger wave is it it's a specific kind of close to the head hairstyle where they they made waves with their fingers into the hair and this film came out in 1934 so mm-hmm. it, it the the costumes and the uh sets and the makeup and the hair and all of the things are very um stylistically specific to that time period and the finger waves is you know one of them and the the Harlow bleach blonde white hair, platinum mm-hmm. hair Um, but um, Dr. Clyde apparently had a thing for blondes
0: not only that but he has a thing for blondes that love money
1: Uh, well yeah because Julia the secretary and Mimi the ex-wife were both money grubbers
0: yes Uh, and both willing to do things shady in order to get that money Um, and then there's also uh, Clyde's um lawyer, uh, Porter Hall, played by Herbert McCauley Yeah. Or rather, sorry, Herbert Macaulay played by Porter Hall.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I misread that.
0: Uh he is sort of a go between between Clyde and his uh, his wife, ex wife, and girlfriend. Um and, you know, even though Several people say they have spoken with him. Nobody has seen him. And then by the time he's found, it's been three months. Uh, but, well, it's an 88-year-old movie. Do you think we can spoil it? Sure. Sure. Uh, Clyde is dead. And da,
1: da, da. he
0: is the first of the three murders that occur within the, the movie. and uh, But we
1: don't. Learn about
0: his first True we learn about his last But he's been dead the longest Yeah, Uh, And uh, Nick and to some extent Nora um, Are able to um, You know piece together Everything that happened and even though Nick doesn't Really know until The gun comes out at a Dinner party near the end of the film uh, Who killed uh, Clyde why Um he he has an idea that it's somebody sitting around the table.
1: Yeah, at that point it becomes like murder mystery, train car, dinner theater show.
0: Yes. Um, the Thin Man was a popular series of films. I believe there are like six Six total. total. Um, and they were very stylized. They were aspirational, if you will, because the lead characters and many of the people involved in the mystery were wealthy. Um,
1: and the lead characters, Nick and Nora, were beautiful. Yes, very... and their on-screen chemistry is something that we'll touch on later. Um, but I mean, Nick and the names Nick and Nora. Have become so much part of pop culture in America There's actually a pajama company called Nick and Nora (laughs) Um, And, you know, that's just one little instance of how um, This series of films um, influenced American culture
0: Yes, Um, much like we were, before we started this We were watching Last Week Tonight with John Oliver And, you know he was talking about how, for good and for bad, uh, the Law & Order uh, franchise Mm -hmm. has had an impact on society and on policing and on the perception of police. Um, And he talked about how Taylor Swift had a cat
1: named after Olivia Benson.
0: Benson. Um, Well, I
1: have a friend I worked with years ago whose children are named Elliot and Olivia. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not even kidding.
0: So you know there are many things over the course of the decades, especially something as pervasive that is running 24 hours a day somewhere on a cable or streaming channel um, is is going to um, have an impact and leave its imprint on society.
1: Oh for sure.
0: Um, and as I said, there were like six of these Thin Man movies. Um, and and they were the, this rich couple with this witty banner back and forth, playfully um, you know, interacting and being as risque as um, the uh, Hayes code uh, from Holly- of Hollywood would allow them to be. There was
1: some pretty pretty clever innuendo in this movie. I was like, did they get? Did they just say that?
0: Well, it's all very subtle and... Subtle and smart. And very indirectly sexy.
1: Well, that's why it makes it innuendo rather than, you know, a sledgehammer.
0: And, you know, at the very end of the movie, Nick and Charles are on a train to California. Nick and Charles? Uh, uh, Nick Nick and, and Nora. And Nora are on a train to California. And it's implied that they are going to have sex in their sleeper car. (gasps) I know. But in the Hayes Code, you couldn't, uh, uh, a man and wife could not be in the same bed, and if they were sitting on a bed, they... Feet
1: had to be on the floor. At
0: least one foot from each person had to be on the floor. Uh, So what they did was... Yeah, like you can't
1: find a way with a foot on the floor from each person. I mean, come on.
0: Well, there's a funny Saturday Night Live from like the second or third season where they talked about the haze. They did a whole skit on the haze code mm-hmm. and how they got around it. And it was just yeah. close-ups on the feet and they were, they were bouncing up mm-hmm. and down. But um, Nick and Nora are, um, they're kissing. She's in the, sitting or in the bed and Nick has leaned over kissing her. And they cut to a close-up of Asta, who spins around a couple of times, lays down, and then puts it, put its, puts uh, his, paw over puts his, his paw over his eyes to imply that something something dirty is happening.
1: I shouldn't watch Mommy and Daddy when they do this.
0: Yeah, well, we've... Both our dogs have... Yeah. Well, you know. yeah. um, That was a thread in one of my chat things the other day. Anyway...
1: I don't need to know this. This is part <laughs> of Stan's life that Maud knows nothing, nothing about. about. Yeah, she and, and doesn't a, need to. Well,
0: okay, uh, but you know, for the time, it was pretty risque uh, when they tiptoed into that the the physical side of their relationship. I have
1: a question about that too, because I think the fact that um, that this particular scene that you mentioned and some of the other innuendo bits in this film, um, because they were laced with humor mm-hmm. rather than, you know, like intense, hot, serious, passionate sexual energy, mm-hmm. I think humor allowed them maybe to get away with a little more.
0: Well, yes, the playfulness of their mildly ribbled, um, interactions made it more palatable and could get it past the censors. Yeah. Because every film that Hollywood made had to go past the Hays Board and they had to approve it. Um or some offshoot of the, you know, I'm sure not every movie was watched by the, the same the set l- of, the 12 of people or whatever. The League of Moral League the, of Decency the or whatever. The
1: Cone of, you know, hone of, you know, niceness or whatever. <laughs> whatever of morality.
0: Turn, turn, turn.
1: Tell us the lesson that we should learn.
0: Uh, so, you know, it's, it is actually sort of a precursor for things like moonlighting.
1: I was exactly going to think the same thing because that kind of, um, patter and repartee and, um not screwball comedy exactly Mm -hmm. but close Mm -hmm. Um, but yes very similar to the kind of dynamic at play there
0: and it gets twisted a little bit in that they throw in the will they won't they of moonlighting which they did eventually in like the third season and then after that nobody cared Uh, also it didn't help that um, uh, the two stars did not like each other and did not get along
1: well and um with regard to moonlighting Mm -hmm. sybil shepherd got pregnant in real life Mm -hmm. and so there were a lot of it wasn't like breaking fourth wall exactly but there were um, there were instances of of you know dialogue and script writing where um, i remember one episode where uh, maddie and david are talking about The whole will they won't the won't they thing and of course they're hiding her pregnancy under great big clothes and even bigger shoulder pads than she normally wore (laughs) so that her dresses would hang properly and um they're talking about having sex and and how you know David says that you know you never you never go to the go to to go to the party without being properly dressed Mm -hmm. as in you know making reference to birth control wearing a condom whatever um which was funny because she was you know huge pregnant at that time so
0: but you know they they had that same sort of and that same sort of thing was on the x-files because Uh, at least at least in the audience there was a lot of what they call shipping going on where they take two characters that are not romantically involved and they they suggest it would be a good idea if they were and eventually it happened they were yeah um but not to the sort of same extent that they were on moonlighting
1: well no and and the whole dynamic in x-files was different because it wasn't primarily comic series, although right. there were comic episodes mm-hmm. and comic scenes, mm-hmm. but it wasn't primarily about that.
0: No. But The the Thin Man um, is a movie that has a lot of comedy through it. Oh, yeah. Some of it, I think, well, at least viewing it this far into the future, is unintentional. For instance, <laughs> everybody, every, practically everybody, every at least every male character, Talks like a gangster, or as you know, a a stereotypical nineteen thirties gangster. Um, even some of the women.
1: Well, yeah, um, the secretary because she's a sort of a déclassé character, um, so she's she's a little bit more you know talks like a broad,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, whereas um, Nora. And Dorothy Winant, the daughter... And Mimi. And Mimi have more of the um, mid-Atlantic, sort of Catherine Mm -hmm. Hepburn-esque accent, which is very um, prominent in films of that era.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Which I don't think anybody in real life in an actual region of this country speaks that way.
0: No. um, That, I think, actually came out of radio, so that people so that it people were more easily understood um and oh then, yeah let's
1: make up a fake accent and dialect that makes no sense and doesn't exist anywhere
0: well and and also you know they 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 tend to speak very distinctly the people who um you know are more mumbly are the gangsters because yeah. they're they're doing that yeah see, yeah we're going to we're gonna pump you full of lead. see, yeah.
1: Oh, please, sir, I cannot please, I plead
0: for my father's life. I do not know where the gold is hidden. Or whatever. Um, they you know, there's there's a lot of very
1: Exaggerated
0: yes. speech. Um and you know, in thirty four was it still Was it still prohibition? I think so. Okay. Well, that didn't seem to bother Nick and Nora at all. Plus, oh. they go to restaurants oh, uh, and nightclubs. Oh, look, a smartphone. Yeah. Maybe
1: prohibition was not prohibited anymore. I can't even do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm mispunching my um, password. Okay. Eh, 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 eh. Sheesh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> um prohibition
0: so you know there's 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 all this and we're in new york city um which is a character in and of itself oh yeah with uh, the taxi cabs and um you know the sort of tenement houses and ah uh, ah
1: Prohibition ended in 1933, so that's uh, why all the booze is flowing freely and it's yes. not in a bathtub.
0: Yes. So, okay, cool. Uh, so he wasn't breaking the law. Uh, you know, they—they they, New York City's this this player in this story, um, as I'm sure uh, it was in an enormous number of films. Oh well, yeah, but,
1: hello. When Harry met Sally.
0: Well, I meant from the time. But. I know. But you know, there's uh, there's just all these pretty people in pretty clothes, um, drinking
1: pretty drinks in shiny, sparkly lots glasses. Lots of drinks
0: and with that cute dog.
1: Oh my gosh! Uh,
0: even though I don't think that dog was terribly well trained, because there was a scene where um, the police have been called to the um, to the inventor's warehouse and laboratory. Mm-hmm and that's when they find his uh find the body in the the floor Mm -hmm. and asta keeps jumping up on a crate where nick is talking to the police and and he keeps pushing him off the crate (laughs) it's like i don't think that dog's supposed to be doing that
1: maybe it was improv Uh, mm. Maybe the dog was a method actor and Mm -hmm. he had some kind of, you know, serious motivation for why am I jumping on the crate?
0: Or maybe he just wasn't very well trained.
1: He was very cute and I I guessed correctly about his breed. Um, He was a wire-haired fox terrier. Okay. Um, They look like Airedales, except Airedales are much larger. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, he was a wire fox terrier and so cute. He,
0: Asta, or Skippy, as was his given name, um, was very cute and... A lot of his shots are in isolation. They just focus on him with nobody else in the shot yeah, with like, him. Yeah, like which is, the
1: trainer is giving him direction behind the scenes yeah. and he's doing his thing and then they edit it in.
0: And that's kind of why I think he wasn't that well trained. He knew a few tricks, but if you know he wasn't looking directly at the trainer, he was just sort of on his own.
1: Well, I mean, he wasn't like Murray and mad about you.
0: No, but he he didn't even really need to be in some of the shots. He was just there. He could have, like, for instance, the thing with the crate. Um, He, uh, um, William Powell could have just been holding a leash. We didn't have to see Asta. He wasn't doing anything in that scene.
1: Except being cute.
0: Well, being a bit of a nuisance. You
1: remember it, though, don't you?
0: I do, but... It was also a bit distracting from what else was going on in the scene.
1: See, if there's a dog on the screen, that's all I care about.
0: <laughs> like, well.
1: Forget the people. Forget the plot. You know, corpse in the floor with shrapnel. I don't care. Gun, you know, coming out at the dinner table. I don't care.
0: Where's the dog? Well, the dog was not in that scene. But, um, yeah, he's he's very cute. And... Uh, But he's just being a dog He's used for comic relief sometimes Like when he runs under a a bench When uh, um, somebody somebody comes in When Nick is investigating the laboratory Mm -hmm. And the guy shows up And Asta runs away and hides under a bench Where Nick is talking about How he's going to chew this guy up If he's not careful And Mm -hmm. Asta will chew the guy up and then he where where is he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's uh it's it's a nice addition to um to the to the to sort the of mix. whole the whole melange of of the look style of of this particular story. And um could I use more Asta? Sure. I could always use more dogs. Oh heck yeah. But uh I, I think for this first go out, first go around, he was used enough and effectively. So cute. He, he was so a
1: cute. So cute. Man. Cute papa.
0: We'll talk some more about uh, The Thin Man, and maybe talk more Asta, who knows, or Skippy, depending on how you want to refer to him, as well as what we've watched right after this. Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We are talking about 1934's The Thin Man based on a book by Dashiell Hammett. Um, the film's screenplay was written by Albert Hackett and Francis Goodrich, a married couple, and that uh, the film was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture. Oh, nice! Now, everybody, including myself, probably thinks the thin man is Nick Charles.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I do.
0: Well, he's not. The thin man is a reference to the inventor slash scientist, um, Mr.
1: Doctor Winnet.
0: Doctor Winnet or Clyde, Clyde. Winnet. Uh, he is the titular thin man. Huh. Now, even though uh, Nick refers to Winnet as the thin man
1: with white hair, with white hair, yeah.
0: Audiences. Made the assumption, like you and I have, that uh, the thin man was was Nick.
1: Yeah. So that seems to make sense, since the rest of the movies all have the thin man somewhere in the title. But the thin man is the dead guy from the first movie.
0: Yeah. So. Oh, spoiled. (laughs) Well, no, we we already said he was dead. A dead guy from the first movie, I should say. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, the Thin Man is not the detective. Yeah. He's actually one of the, he's actually the victim, the main victim in all of this. Uh, the movie was made for a budget of $231,000, which in 34, probably sort of a mid-level movie. Because they didn't know if it was going to be a success or not. Yeah. Well, I think it would be considered a success now they don't measure this by ticket sales they measure it by theater rentals okay and uh the box office worldwide rentals was 1.423 million dollars
1: so yeah decent
0: so yeah it's like five times minimum it's um its budget so yeah it was considered um uh, a success financially.
1: Well, and also I'm seeing here that it was um, added to the U.S. the United States National Film Registry um, for being deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And I I I buy that.
0: Um, the film was followed up in 1936 by After the Thin Man, in 39 by Another, Another Thin, Thin Man. Man. In 41, Shadow of the Thin Man. In 45, The Thin Man Goes Home. And finally in 47, The Song of the Thin Man.
1: So, and and it was William Powell and Myrna Loy in the whole series, correct?
0: Well, let's just punch on Song of the Thin Man. And it was Mer, William Powell and Myrna Loy. Um, the, uh, characters in this, the hard drinking, uh, flirty couple, um, there is a, uh, podcast that is called the thrilling adventure hour, what they call a new style podcast in the style of old style radio. Oh, nice. And, um, they have a rotating, um, group of features uh, very much in the style of the radio serials of the 30s and 40s.
1: Yeah, back in the golden era.
0: And one of them is called Beyond Belief. And there is a pair of married mediums called, um, um, well, they're played by Paul F. Tompkins and Paget Brewster. Okay. And, um,. So see she's a small and he's an extra large because
1: they're both a couple of mediums. <laughs> 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 Sorry. I had to had to go there though. You knew I did. Whew.
0: The Doyles. That's what they're named. Frank and Sadie Doyle. And uh, they see ghosts. That's their their well, of thing. Of course they do. They solve the mysteries of ghosts and monsters. Uh, and they're constantly drinking and they uh, express their deep love and passion for each other throughout the, the little radio plays. And it's very entertaining. And it has got to be based on The Thin Man.
1: I would imagine that, that based or um, heavily influenced by.
0: Uh, so, it, I mean, you can listen to some episodes of the Thirling Adventure Hour. None of them are very terribly long, unlike, you know, a three or four hour Joe Rogan experience. Most of these fall in at an hour or less. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, uh, Beyond Belief from the Thirling Adventure Hour is a lot of fun. I enjoy them every time. There's a lot of wordplay. Uh, the scripts are written by Ben Acker and then blacker they are both tv writers they worked on supernatural and some other shows including some kids cartoon shows and they have a very witty uh fast uh way of writing (laughs) right and it's uh it's it's a lot of fun to listen to but you know i'm sure it was in part influenced by Uh, Nick and Nora Charles
1: well probably by Nick and Nora Charles probably by films like um, it happened one night Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of these um, character comedies where um, the characters are you know doing that rapid-fire dialogue Mm -hmm. back and Mm -hmm. forth that is such a joy um, to see and hear when it's done well
0: if you want a movie that is like that rapid fire screwball comedy but turn on the closed captioning because that's about the only way you'll be able to catch all of the dialogue is his girl friday starring Cary grant and i can't remember the lady's name um i can't remember anyway it's Cary grant
1: Cary um, Grant was in a lot of those
0: yeah um, the Philadelphia story and 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 um,
1: oh look a smartphone
0: he's uh, he's a newspaper editor and she is his ace reporter and I believe Rosalind Russell thank you but uh, yeah that that is the quintessential example of a screwball comedy Um but it's it's uh, it is actually the thin man is you know in slow motion compared to his girl Friday
1: bringing up baby. It happened one night with Clark Gable and um, Claudette Colbert. Um, lots of movies from the '30s and '40s that would fall into this kind of category. I think.
0: Yes. Um, so. Uh, so, after uh, discussing it and watching it and all that stuff, tell me, what rating do you give The Thin Man?
1: Oh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think probably five little wire-haired dogs.
0: Hmm. I'm giving it five martinis. Oh, nice. It is... Uh, it because is
1: it, Especially since you're the one who never drinks.
0: It's true. Uh, it is... An enormous amount of fun It's granted It's dated And um, To some degree misogynistic um, A little
1: But ag- again you ha- If you're watching films From another age mm-hmm. You have to Take into consideration That they're a product of The times they were made in
0: Also a content warning uh, Nick punches Nora unconscious when they are faced with uh, a guy with a gun, he's actually saving her. I think it was an accidental punching unconscious, but he does punch her, um, knocking her out briefly, uh, while a guy is uh, pulling a gun on him. So, just so you know, there's a little bit of that.
1: No Golden Age movie stars or animals were truly harmed in the production of
0: this film. That's true. So, uh, it's available to stream on... Uh, HBO Max in the Turner Classic Movies hub. Uh, Of course, you can rent it from all the usual places. Uh, And if TCM has their own streaming app, um, it's it's probably there as well. So, suggest you check it out. It's, um, you know, it is of its time, but it was very entertaining. It's just fun. Yes. What have you... Been watching, reading, listening to anything? Oh man,
1: you know I ain't been watching anything except the inside of a hospital room. Well, so that's true. Um, we did not podcast last week um, because life was happening, and it happened in our family. We have a loved one who's in the hospital. Um, the good news is that improvements are happening. Um, the um, not bad news, but the less
0: than good news. The
1: the. There are details um, regarding post-hospital care mm-hmm. that that are still in the process of being um, ironed out. There's still some wrinkles there that need to get ironed out. Yeah. So, um, so
0: that was why we we did not post last week.
1: That and Labor Day, and just you know a bunch of the things. So. And your
0: your job changed.
1: My job changed. And it required
0: a lot more time of you to be at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of the um, visiting, visiting at the hospital. Visiting the staying, loved one in the hospital. Staying with this person because um, there was some, well, she has an ongoing.
1: Um, cognitive, cognitive
0: issue. Cognitive so, so, So we didn't, we just didn't feel like she should be alone. I spent a night with her. You spent several nights with her, um, other family members. Other families have spent, families have spent
1: way more time than I have, so they're freaking rock stars at this point and yeah. are putting jewels in their crown. So, um, but anyway, life happens, and it happens to all of us. And right now, it's sort of happening in in our family.
0: And this person is getting better and will eventually be leaving the hospital for uh, a, a physical therapy. Um,
1: Physical therapy, rehab, some kind of um, ongoing care to, you know, get strength back and mobility back, and we're hoping for the best there, so.
0: But it it is getting better, so that's great, Mm -hmm. and um, so, sorry about last week. So, uh, anything come to mind?
1: Um, I'm reading a book called um, The Telling by Mark Gerson, and it is... um, it is a book that talks about um, a, a book of Jewish literature. Let me. Oh, look, a smartphone. Let's check the Google. Um, because the actual book is upstairs and I can't remember um, the subtitle. The Telling Mark Gerson. The Telling, How Judaism's Essential Book Reveals the Meaning of Life by Mark Gerson. Um, I'm just sort of starting to get into this book, but mm-hmm. um, I have I have had um, some very close Jewish friends, people I love and value. Um, and as I am reading through a Roman Catholic version of the Bible this year, um, which includes the books of the Apocrypha, which Protestant Bibles don't contain, Um, I'm delving into Catholicism on one end and Judaism on the other because I feel like um, as a believer okay I'm not gonna preach or anything I'm just gonna by way of explanation um, I do not believe that God changes however I do believe that as I get older and more of life happens to me and around me my understanding of God does change and so um, I think that it's beneficial for me um, sometimes to dip a toe into the waters of faith traditions other than my own um, and see what I can learn because there's always something I can learn Mm -hmm. so that's what I'm reading now and um, when i figure out the secrets to life i'll be sure and let everybody know
0: okay um you and i have been watching very scary people
1: yeah which is
0: on discovery plus it is a uh, cnn series that they have migrated over there um it is uh, hosted by donnie Wahlberg.
1: very scary people
0: (laughs) and he um each episode uh, actually, two episodes. Yeah,
1: they're always two parts.
0: Focus on a either very well-known serial killer or somebody you never heard of. Uh, they've done "Son of Sam." Uh, they did "Gacy."
1: Night Stalker. Um,
0: yeah, they did the Night Stalker. Um, we haven't seen. There's one we haven't seen that is about. Um, well, we did watch BTK. We did watch BTK. And there's one about a doctor who was killing his patients. We what, haven't seen that one yet.
1: What has intrigued me about these is that several of these, um, I mean, because, like, these these serial killers have been covered, smothered, and, you know, you, you think you've heard everything. Mm-hmm. These episodes of this particular series, several of them have... Um, Divulged little bits of information that I had never heard before, mm. which I found fascinating and which gives these instant extra credibility because it's like, oh my gosh, I did not know about that. Did yeah. you know about that? And, you know, so always seeking to learn things I didn't know.
0: Yeah. Um, so that is on uh, Discovery Plus. Mm-hmm. It's called Very Scary People.
1: Very Scary People.
0: Um, last night, before you got home, I started a, a two-hour or so documentary on Tubi, which is a, a free streaming platform that uh, has commercials.
1: I watched one of the seasons of Party of Five on Tubi, because mm-hmm. that's the only place I could find it.
0: Um, and it's uh, it was called... Uh, The 50 scariest horror movies you've never seen. And it's a lot of, uh, a lot of them are very low budget, schlocky, 70s, 80s horror slasher movies. Spit on your grave. Uh, We haven't gotten to that one yet, but probably. Um, Faces of death. And they go through the various um, scenes, you know, that. Make exemplify it so scary. why it's scary, but they don't spoil the like if there's a twist or ah. if we don't know who the killer is, and then we are it's discovered at the end, so I'm only about mm, I guess an hour into that two hour documentary, but um it's a bunch of movies, many of which I haven't heard before huh. heard of before uh Shutter is doing something very similar to that it is called. The 101 Scariest Scenes I, I don't have the name exactly right But it's it's 101 Scary, scary movie, movie Scenes, scenes. Um, the, Or the scariest scenes in movies
1: Well, because you know what's coming in just a couple of weeks Yeah, I
0: know Spooky season That's right I didn't know were we were going to do spooky movies for spooky season Because I already know what, one of the ones that I'm going to... Uh, to do, and it's because of that thing on Tubi.
1: Well, then I reckon we're doing it then. Well,
0: I mean, if we're doing it, if you don't want to do it, we don't have
1: to. Oh, no, I think it's worthwhile. Okay.
0: So, uh, but anyway, uh, like I said, Shudder is doing, uh, they're dropping one episode a week, and they, because they're doing 101, the first episode had like 11 in it, and I guess there'll be 10, but they drop a new episode every Wednesday. Okay. So, if you're interested in something like that, you might want to take a look. At Shudder. Shudder with D's, not T's. Uh, yes. Um, let's see. Oh, and you and I also watched The House of Hammer on Discovery Plus. Involving Ew. The, <laughs> the allegations of abuse and uh, fantasies of cannibalism from Army Hammer. And how his entire family line, back to his great-grandfather Armand Hammer um are a bunch of freaks and have used their power and wealth to hide their freakishness just ew it's um, like
1: don't be rapey and don't, don't be a cannibal don't eat people now and don't be rapey and don't eat people
0: there's there are some people who have a fantasy about cannibalism it's it's involved in bdsm And he apparently enjoyed tying people up. He just forgot the part of BDSM about it being, you know, clearing everything and uh, being consensual.
1: Safe, sane, and consensual, which apparently none of his encounters were. They showed actual pictures um, of a girl's body where he had actually left teeth marks on her. Yes. Which, I mean, if... if if she didn't use the safe word, assuming they had a safe word, which they they probably didn't. didn't. This,
0: just ew. I'm not yucking anybody's yum. I don't get BDSM. If it appeals to you and makes you happy either as uh, the top or the bottom, I don't care. You do you, Boo Boo.
1: As long as everybody's okay
0: with it. That's exactly right. Because the most important thing in any sort of, uh, physical sexual encounter is consent. consent, and that everybody understands what's going to happen. Of course, there is room for um, improvisation, improvisation uh, but no means no, and uh, stop means stop, and uh, the safe word means the safe word, which also means stop. So, um, so I'm not I'm not looking down on anybody who does any sort of pain play or, or ropes or any of that stuff. Play
1: whatever games you like. Exactly. Just be sure that your partner slash partners are all on board with it. Yeah. Because if, if everybody is not consenting, it becomes criminal.
0: And there was another thing in that a short clip of video where Army is showing probably cell phone video around his, uh, this hotel suite he's at. He's in, And he's panning around the room, and he says, here's the bathroom, and here's the TV, and there's a girl tied up on the bed, and he just pans past that like it's no big deal. Like she's
1: just another piece of furniture. Exactly.
0: So, and I have to wonder if she consented to that, because he posted it on, like, his... uh, Instagram or something. I think it's called... I think he posted it on his Finsta, which is the fake Instagram. Yeah, okay. So... But, you know, it's still... yeah.
1: It was just unsavory.
0: It all all was. Not just the army stuff, but all the way back to Armand. He's, you know, the whole family, because they were rich and powerful, they thought they could do whatever they wanted. And got away with...
1: Yeah, they were able to cover up their deviant behavior.
0: So, if you're interested in looking sort of behind the curtain of the army hammer scam scandal and then everything that went along with it uh then give that a look it's called house of hammer on discovery plus
1: not for the weak of heart or stomach though i'll warn you
0: no Uh, i haven't finished it yet but i have started a uh, documentary series on hbo max called 100 foot waves a uh, professional surfer Named Garrett Mcnamara wants to surf a one hundred foot wave. I think he's, he's insane. Nuts. Yeah, he has small children and a wife, a second wife, um, and yeah, children. I think from the previous marriage, and but he's just got this desire to to push the limit and and see what he can do. And he's uh, he's in Portugal. Um, And the weather conditions and the topography of the seafloor make these waves enormous. And in the wintertime, there is the very real potential for 100-foot waves, or bigger. He surfed one in the, like, second or third episode, I forget which it was, that was 72 feet tall. So there's a real potential for, for the hundred-foot wave to come through. There's also a real potential that he's gonna die.
1: Yeah, that hundred feet of water could crush a dude.
0: Well, yeah, and not only that, it could slam you into the the floor, uh, ocean floor, where there are rocks. Yeah. Um, and or just just spin you around like you're in a washing machine and kill you. You mm-hmm. drown. But it's um, it's fascinating. And sort of like one of those things where you can feel your shoulders creeping up around your ears because it's so tense at times. It's like, dude, what's wrong with you? Other times it's just a lot of fun. These guys are out having fun. But then, then the serious stuff happens. So it's called 100 Foot Waves uh, and it's on HBO Max. Uh, and I've been watching Welcome to Wrexham on Hulu. Um, Ryan Reynolds... And Tom McEl or uh, Rob McElhenney, um, two actors. Of course, you probably know who Ryan Reynolds is, Deadpool, and all that. Um, and uh, Rob McElhaney, who has been on, he uh, has been in various movies, but is best known for "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," the FXX uh, sitcom. They, for some reason, bought a. <laughs> A lower tier um, British football club, a.k.a. soccer, uh, in Wales, uh, in the town of Wrexham. They have been in the one of the lowest tiers of professional soccer in Great Britain for like 14 years. Um, And of course, they also bought the team in the throes of the worst of the pandemic. So, they haven't actually been able to go over there and see their investment. But uh, it's a fascinating look at this community, the fans of this soccer club or football team, and it's the, the people. Well, not there. It's not. It's football.
1: We're watching it here. It's soccer.
0: Whatever. And uh, the, uh, the, the love and the annoyance they have for this team um and also it's just fun to see uh Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney interacting even though they had never really met each other just strictly on social media and then by zoom call uh and then finally uh in the last episode they were able to actually physically meet (laughs) they posted a very informative and entertaining video on um, well, I saw it on Twitter, where they both went and got colonoscopies.
1: Oh, that's bonding.
0: <laughs> well, they didn't Bonding t- over bowels. They didn't go together. Uh, apparently, they'd made a bet, and McElhaney said, um, you know, had to learn Welsh, um, which is not an easy language. No. And he did it, so they sent a camera crew with Ryan to get his colonoscopy. And then, and I'm sure this was all arranged in advance, they sent a camera crew with Rob when he went and got his, and they both had polyps that were removed. So basically, it was, it was was it's like a seven and a half minute long PSA for men going to get colonoscopies.
1: Get your screening, yeah.
0: Which, I've had three.
1: I've had one. I had a polyp.
0: I had a polyp on my second one. I didn't have one in my first or last.
1: Because broccoli.
0: Yes. Well, that probably helps. But, uh, but anyway, uh, Welcome to Wrexham is, I think, it's not just about the sport of football slash soccer. It's about the relationship this community has to their uh, downtrodden, beat up, underfunded team that they are hoping these two Hollywood stars can turn their fortunes around. So I find it very entertaining. It's on FX and you stream it the next day on Hulu. Anything else? Nope. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this episode. Next week it's you, of course. Yeah. You have no idea what you're going to do. No. Uh, so, tune in when we'll all be surprised to the next episode of Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. If you have a suggestion for something you want us to watch, you just send us uh, some information and we'll create a whole episode around your suggestions. Send us what it is you want us to watch and uh, why you want us to watch it, send that to marriage at gmail.com. You can also uh, leave us a voice message with that information by clicking the link in the description of this episode. I'm Stan the Movie Man. That's Maude the Movie Broad. I love you. Love you. And until next time. Later.
1: Later. Yay!